Hey, welcome back to our podcast on Anchor that's been rebooted. You might be listening to this on another platform, Spotify or iTunes. So thank you for joining us. And today's podcast is going to be about the seven top hiring mistakes of 2021. I think we all know that the uh, the job market generally has rebounded quite uh, quite a lot in many locations. Um, the uh, vacancy numbers are certainly up and over and above those of the pandemic. Um, some areas obviously have still got some way to go, but particularly in technology and business transformation, um, we're hearing uh, challenges from our clients of getting those good candidates available for the market. Um, and you know, there's still concern within people who uh, are not looking for a change uh, or are looking for a change, but are not ready to make that change. Um, there's still a bit of fear and uncertainty and job security um, and this is obviously pushing up the demand to find people who are actively uh, on a search or those that can be convinced to make a move. So we wanted to discuss some of the things that we've we found in our analysis with our clients, um, both in, um, in in multiple territories. So we're, we're going to run into those and I'm just going to make a few suggestions of some of the things that you can do to fix that. So I hope that's useful for you. So one of the things that we've um, we've certainly found at the front end is the inefficient, insufficient time spent preparing the job spec. Now, this is the really important part in um, in in the in the role itself, and often or not, um, rushing the job brief, understanding actually what the expectations for the candidate for the role is going to be. It really needs a lot of uh, effort and time spent in this part of the process. Whether you're using an external uh, recruitment partner or you're doing it internally, it really is time to invest that time. And understand what are the skills, what are the uh, what are the performance objectives of the role? What are they? What are you looking for that person to do? What are they going to be uh, doing day to day in that role? Who they're going to be working with? Who they're going to be learning with? Um, what are the um, types of people within the organisation they're going to be interacting with? Key stakeholders. What challenges are they going to find, particularly in those first three to six months? Um, and you know, is the role going to be remote or is there going to be some on-site work? And if it is remote, of course, there may be other challenges in building relationships with those key stakeholders. A lot of those technology roles, candidates are quite interested in the technology, the kind of cutting-edge technology. So is that briefed? And then, of course, you know, the kind of skills and experience you're looking looking for. Rather than a long list, it's finding what are the what are the non-negotiables uh, to perform the job. Uh, to perform the role and what's that uh, interview process going to look like so often or not candidates want to know what that process looks like and if you're up front from the start everyone's going to save themselves a lot of time so again uh, not spending enough time on the brief uh, often or not results in the wrong candidates um, you know we want to find the people with the right cultural fit in with the organization it's a permanent role um, it might be some other information that's needed for a contract position and equally you know what budgets are in place in terms of salary and compensation and is that clear and is that going to be able to attract the best candidates so often or not you'll spend if you spend some good time uh, preparing the brief it will pay dividends in the long run so the other the other often thing that's um, that's overlooked uh, especially within the big corporation corporate companies um, as opposed to the smaller companies but is, is a really poor job advert um, and my suggestion always is, is to if you if you don't have an in-house copywriter, can you find someone to write that copy for you? You could actually outsource that if you don't have the time to do it yourself. But really, you're trying to create that advert not from the job specification, but to create something that's compelling and and going to get that candidate, the right candidates to apply, and obviously the 
candidates that are not suitable, not not to apply. So it's creating something that's going to really sell that role, sell the vision of the organisation, give that candidate the opportunity and really set you apart from other organisations that are advertising a similar role. So perhaps have a look at have a look at your job ad when when it's placed. You know, would it would it encourage you to apply for that role? Um, you're looking at again in that in that advert, perhaps think focusing on the performance of objectives of the role um, and what they're going to be achieving in that role. Is there a for a permanent position? Is there a career um, opportunities? Um, what what's those opportunities for them in the in the organisation? The vision, the values, and the culture of the business. A lot of people want to know this this stuff up front to to make an informed decision. Um, really making that advert stand out. So this is a this is a really important if you're looking to hire, particularly for permanent candidates. You know what you can do is make it really good. And there's lots of tools out there on the internet that you can use to create a better advert i'd certainly say to you to you to try and invest in a copywriter either externally or with your with your recruitment partner um, and create something that's compelling and going to attract the best people for the role um, the other thing that's often overlooked is um, not considering candidates from other industries so again sometimes often or often often or not people will be very razor focused on only hiring candidates from uh, one industry um, the, the industry that they're in and often or not, they miss the opportunity to bring skills into the organization that can bring a different point of view uh, within the company. And I think that's really important because often or not, they, there's a smaller talent pool um, within that industry sector, that domain. If you're hiring particularly for permanent candidates, um, you can get those people up to speed over, over time because if a candidate's got the right attitude, it comes with the right energy, it shouldn't be too difficult to get them skilled up in the, in, in the domain. Of course, if it's a contractor, you might you, you probably want them to hit the ground running, and they'll probably bring uh, ultimate value in having that experience in working across the same industry with that same knowledge. But I think it's really important to look at other candidates outside those industries. It could be industries similar or like it, but again, don't just be focused on having those candidates purely from that industry, or at least comparing some candidates who don't have that experience, but actually um, have the right attitude and the right aptitude to solve your problems, solve your challenges in that position. So I'll definitely have a look into that and widen your pool as well. Um, the other one is focusing on qualifications um, and duties rather than performance objectives and, and, and experience. So often or not, um, some people can get labored on their qualifications um, uh, that they've had in the past. Of course, qualifications are important and in, in, in some roles that that is um, uh, essential it might be a phd in a particular field for for example but often or not it's actually have they got the competency and can they can can they perform the tasks and the objectives for the role so i think if again if you've been thinking about this um and you've been lacking candidates perhaps that qualification around the um academic um, experience for example the academic uh, achievements may need to be looked aside maybe looking at actually what can they do to perform the job so again sometimes qualifications aren't the essential and it's more around uh, achieving the objectives of the role so again be open to that if you've only considered candidates just with those qualifications um, it might be an opportunity for them to learn on the job as well and there may be skills that they can learn on the role that's more beneficial to you that would aid them in their journey as well around qualifications yeah it could include you know, anything from prints to or software skills or, or, or softer skills as well often or not roles become 
unfilled for a, a, a long time. Um, it's not unusual for roles to be uh, on the market for six to 12 months in some cases. And uh, often or not, contractors are overlooked to, to take over there. And in fact, sometimes um, financially, um, it may not uh, maybe may be more be- beneficial to bring a contractor. It could be because it's a certain project, there's a certain skill set that's only required for a certain level of time and also that you're bringing in a contractor that can help you. So, you know, you might be looking for a, a long team member that will grow with the company um, and, and you don't want to bring in a contractor, but often or not, you can bring in a flexible work flexible workforce uh, of contractors who can quickly come into the business, quickly help you um, deliver the project or the program. And it could even, in fact, help you develop a more junior member of the team that you hadn't thought of about before. And instead of bringing in a, uh, a high level senior person that you're looking to have all the skills and experience, you could bring in a, a more junior or mid-level and, and get that uh, con- consultant over a period of time to help uh, train and uh, support that person so they can take over the role as well. Um, you'll often find that you can leave those contractors, uh, you know, they're, 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 they're professional, uh, they've been doing it for many years, so they can be left alone um, and uh, to complete the task. And again, you might find that this might save you time as well. Okay, so a few other points that, that's worth looking at is not reaching out to passive candidates. So again, you know, it sounds simple this one, um, but apart from having a great job advert, you know, you're going to have to be reaching out to people who are not actively looking. Um, you should, you can be doing this yourself in your network. Um, uh, with your internal internal teams, of course, you, you any good recruitment partner will be doing this with you and looking to those those people. But you've also got to think what is what's going to make them leave their role right now. What's going to let, make them leave their comfortable position, a certain position, uh, uh, knowing the team that they already know and work with their their their, their, their positives and negatives, the, the way it's working at the moment. What's going to get them to join you or at least have that conversation? So it's really important when that messaging is going out that you're thinking about the messaging that's going to say, well, I've got this opportunity for a change, but these are the reasons why it might be worth us having a conversation um, and to overcome any fears they the candidate may have in thinking about change. Because after all, it's that conversation is what you want to be able to have a conversation with a top performing candidate. The final the final point we just put in is, is not, in, not to forget your your own network within your company and referrals. Of course, this is a great way to find people within your network. Um, obviously, overused and overabused is not a good thing to do, but reaching out to your team about the kind of people they know that they've worked with in the past, the kind of people that they perhaps associating with in their wider community, and, and perhaps you've already got an employee referral program, um, something that you can put in place quite simply if you're not at that size. There's tools out there that you can do to manage that. Um, but you could also just, just have a bounty that offers that referral um, to encourage those people. Again, it might be a, a way that you can maximize and get the right people in. And it's definitely something that you should be asking on, on every call and every conversation that you're having with people in your peer group. If there's anyone that they know, um, not necessarily that's uh, available, of course, but is is perhaps right for this kind of role that you could at least have an introduction with and try and get a call with. So all of these things are important because they're often overlooked and referrals could be the quickest way of you getting the right people into your business. So those are some of the things that um, we wanted to talk about today. I hope that's helped you. If you've got any comment on this, um, love to hear your comments. And uh, you can actually comment if you're listening to this on Anchor. You can send us a voice recording. Um, and we'll be doing these uh, on a regular basis now. So um, if you've got any questions or queries, please 
please drop me a line. Um, you can go to vineresources.com and you can follow our insights channel there um, at the moment. Um, so vineresources.com, have a look at our insights page. Uh, we've got uh, new ones going out every week, but uh, we'd love to have your feedback and thanks for joining me today.